Today on Hardwired. God is more than a flat tire God. We turn to him for more than a 911. God began an everlasting, lifelong work in you and me, and he began to institute and initiate his calling on your life the minute that you got saved, because he saved you for good works. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wicklire, founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're looking for some words of hope, encouragement, solid biblical truth, and maybe even a laugh or two, well, that's exactly what Pastor Jeff wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated at times, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always check it out at our website, hardwired.org. In fact, you can find all the programs right there waiting just for you, hardwired.org. But right now, here's Pastor Jeff to tell us more about today's program on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your very busy day. Well, we started a series last time, a little mini-series, about God having a plan for you and me. And today we're going to launch into the very real fact that not only does God have a plan for you, but He's got a place for you. There is a place God wants you in life. There is, I believe, a geographical location. He wants you to live where you live. He wants you in a certain church. He wants to give you a church home, a city, a town, a place. You know, Abraham had a place. He was called to the promised land. Jesus had a place. His ministry was in Israel, exclusively Israel, and not a very large amount of square miles in Israel. There was a place for the apostles. There was a region that God had for them to minister in. God has a place. And one of the most exciting things you can learn is what God's place is for you. Be in that place, serve in that place, and flourish in that place. So let's get right to the message, God has a place for you. Now it says in Ephesians 2, verse eight, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. You've been saved through faith by grace. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? The faith that got you saved by grace. Even the faith was a gift, and you thought you came up with it, but you didn't. Now, it says, not of works. Verse 9, not of works. Can everybody say that with me? Not of works. Lest anyone should boast. Now, keep that in mind, because verse 10 tells us something else about works. For we are his workmanship. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're under construction. (laughs) The Holy Ghost has a hard hat on when it comes to you. You're under construction. You are his ever going on construction project. Never ending project. Now, why is that happening? We have been created in Christ Jesus for what, everybody? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now watch this carefully. 
as evangelical, Protestant, charismatic Christians, we got it on grace. We got it. I know that I wasn't saved by works. I was saved by grace and faith. That's it. Not of myself. Got it. But here's what we tend to miss. We have not been saved by works, but we have been saved for works. That's what he just said. We're not saved by works, living a good life, never getting a ticket, being a sterling citizen. Uh Uh-uh. Because all of those works are as filthy rags to God. So I got it. I'm not saved by works, but I've been saved for works, unto works, with the purpose that I would be involved in good works. So we don't need to shun the phrase. We shun it. Ah, good works. I'm not saved by good works. Ah, it's a great phrase. I've been saved for good works. And that's my purpose. And God prepared those good works that I would walk in them before he said, let there be light. Before the time began. So I'm going to talk to you today about purpose. When a man does not know what harbor he is making for, when you don't know your purpose, your destination, your direction, no wind is the right wind. You can live accidentally, like a kite blown about by whatever wind happens to come its way, or you can live on purpose, on purpose, like a mountain climber who knows exactly what mountain he's climbing and exactly what peak he's headed for. You can live accidentally, or you can live on purpose. It's your choice. Father, we thank you for the reality of purpose today, God's purpose for us. And we pray, Lord, I pray, as the pastor of this church, as your servant, Lord, that this people will catch it, that they will find their purpose. They will find your plan. They will find what you have designed them to do and do it and live on purpose and not accidentally. In Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and just say, Lord, speak to me today. Change my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, on purpose. Now, last time, we looked at how God called us before time began. Isn't that a mind blower? God called us before time even began. And we saw this about that call, the call that is true for every believer in this room. And everyone listening by radio, we welcome you. And God has called you. If you've called on the name of Christ, there are certain things that are true for all of us in terms of God's purpose. We saw last time that God's plan for us is that we would be whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole, that we would be holy, that we would be adopted, that we would live lives that would glorify him, and that we were destined to be conformed into the image of his son. We're supposed to be chips off the old block. Amen? When people look at us, they ought to know who our daddy is. But we were also created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We were created to do good works. Now, verse 9 makes it crystal clear that we are not saved by works. We got it. We're not saved by works. By grace, you have been saved through faith. That's it. Christianity is not a performance religion. I can, on my very best day, would never get myself saved. We can't keep the law, couldn't keep the law, so God had to send his only son who kept the law perfectly, 
died for us on the cross, rose from the dead. So we haven't been saved by works. We could never do it. Saved by grace, saved by faith, not of works, so that nobody could go out of church or, or go out there in the public and say, well, it was my effort, my life, my good deeds that saved me. No, it was not. God decided to love you. He made up his mind to love you. And so he did love you. He led you to the foot of the cross. He convicted you of your sin. He touched you with the Holy Ghost, opened your eyes, showed you your need of a savior, showed you that you were in sin, brought you to the foot of that cross. When you said, Jesus, forgive me, he put his Holy Spirit inside of you. He gave you a brand new nature. You became a new species of being that had never been before. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that was all by grace through the faith God gave you as a gift. And so all we can do is just look up and say, Lord, thank you that I'm saved. Thank you that you plucked me out of the darkness, that you pulled me out of that life of sin and touched me and saved me. And so got it. I got it. I got it. We get that. But verse 10 makes it very clear that we were saved for something. We were not just saved for heaven. We didn't just get fire insurance. God is more than a flat tire God. We turn to him for more than a 911. God began an everlasting, lifelong work in you and me, and he began to institute and initiate his calling on your life the minute that you got saved because he saved you for good works. He saved you for that. Wow. Before I was ready or even knew about it, God planned a mission for me and you and you and you and all of you. He planned a mission for you. It's not just the preachers, anybody who is saved. God had a task for you, a mission. You and I are on earth to complete a task. We're here to fulfill a mission. God planned for us long, long ago. Don't you know that's why you're still alive today? Why God left you on this planet? Why there have been so many times Satan tried to kill you, tried to take you out, tried to take your life, and you can look back and you can see there was the hand of an angel, the hand of God, and you were kept on this planet. Why in the world has God kept you here? because you were saved for good works. There is a mission for you. There is a task you have got to accomplish. Paul said, I have made it my goal that I am going to apprehend that for which he also apprehended me. See, when you got saved, it wasn't just fire insurance. Like I said, you were apprehended and God had something in his mind when he saved you. He saved you, apprehended you, pulled you out of the darkness into his marvelous light and he had something on his mind for you that's God's plan God has a place for you God has a place for you he's got a place for you now let me tell you a few things about this place and this plan it's an individual plan it's individual you don't have my task and I don't have yours you have yours you have your own God laid his hand on you. There is something you can do better than anyone else because God has custom designed you for it. He made you for it. There is something God has for you to do. I can't do as well. You can do it better than anyone else. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said, I have finished my course. 
possessive. He owned it. He said, there was a course for me. There was something for me when Jesus saved me. It was my course. And see, he had his own individual calling. We all have corporate calling, but we also have individual calling. And I want to preach that into your life today. God laid his hand on you for something, and you have a course, and you want to be able to look up at the end of your life and say, I finished my course. My course. I kept the faith, but I finished my course. What he apprehended me for, I made it my pursuit in life to do it, and I have done it. So now there is waiting for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give me on that day, because I finished my course. Now, there's something else about the plan or the call or the purpose of God. It's not only individualistic, but it will help to complete or mature your faith. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. See, until you do what God has designed you to do, there's going to be something lacking in your faith. Listen to what James wrote about Abraham. He said, do you see that faith? Faith was working together with his works. And by works, his faith was made perfect. See, James said, you say to me that you've got faith without works. I say to you, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. If you have living faith inside of you, God has a work for you, and that faith will begin to manifest itself in works of righteousness. Works don't save you, but works, good works, works that glorify God, testify that you have been saved. See, We're saved by grace through faith, but once we're saved, good works follow, good works follow, good works surround us. We begin to involve ourselves, not in a sinful lifestyle, but in works of righteousness, and those attest to the fact that we have saving faith. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. My works surround me, and they surround me because I have active faith. Now, there's something else about the plan. Catch this now, others are waiting for you to obey. There are people you don't know yet, people that you're going to have divine encounters with. There are people who are waiting for you to find what God has called you to do and for you to do it. There are people who are not going to experience a particular touch from God until you get with the program. Because God's got a divine... Listen, I don't believe in happenstance and I don't believe in accidents. I believe in a God of providence. I believe that God orders the steps of his children. The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. I consider everybody I meet a divine encounter. I believe that God's got something there. And if I look for it, I will find it. I believe that God orders our steps. 
And so I know that there are people who are waiting for you to kick into your gift to begin to operate and function in what God's called you to do. Listen to what Paul said. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. He says, no, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Church, I'm going to tell you today, you way back on the back row, you who get up and go eight to five every day to some job, you pay the bills, you come home, you wonder what it's all about. Can I just stretch your understanding a little bit today? I want you to know you are necessary. I need you. You need me and I need you. I need you to function in what God has called you to do because you've got a calling. Go out today. Step on a nail with your little toe. Tell me if your little toe will not inform the rest of your body that it's important. <laughs> yeah, it will. And, and if you don't take care of it, and if you don't minister to that little toe, it'll make your whole body think all day long, little toe, little toe, that little toe, that little toe is important to me. It matters to me because it's connected to the foot bone, which is connected to the ankle bone and the leg bone, and it's a part of the body. That's why you are necessary. I need you. You need me. I can't do without you. I need you to function in your grace, flow in your gift, walk in your purpose, find God's plan for your life, and do it, because as soon as you do, it releases sustenance and life and blood flow to the body. Say with me, I matter. Every member of this church, of the body of Christ, is a 10 in some area. When I began to look at this phrase, good works that we so shun in the body of Christ, uh, I was amazed at how often it's in the Bible. Good works, good works. They perfect your faith. I want you to listen to just a few of the examples of good works being in the Bible. Ephesians 2.10, we've already quoted, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Colossians says, we, have, we are to be fruitful in every good work. The Bible says we're to be established in every good work. Good works are clearly evident in the lives of believers, it says in Timothy. We are to be rich in good works, prepared for every good work, equipped by the word of God for every good work. Do you know why you have that Bible in your hands? Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable that the man of God, woman of God might be thoroughly furnished and equipped for every good work. We are to be zealous for good works. We're to maintain good works. We're to learn to maintain good works. Women professing godliness are to be followed by good works. Widows should be well reported of for good works. We are to be ready for every good work. You can be reprobate. You can backslide and lose your ministry of good works. Good works flow out of the gifting, the grace of God as uniquely placed on your life. And I'm going to talk about that more in just a minute. Listen to Ephesians 2.10. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he's gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. I have been created, fashioned, designed, and called by God to be involved in good works. The minute that I'm saved, good works are fruit-bearing. You want to know what they look like? Here's what a good work looks like. It's fruit-bearing. It is fruit-bearing. That means change lives. You change and people around you change because they've been influenced by the Lord. 
Fruit bearing. A good work is fruit bearing. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And that you would go and bring forth, what? Much fruit. And that your fruit would remain. So what is the fruit? We know what it is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Against such there is no law. When I involve myself, when I mix my faith with works, when I mix my faith with good works, then it brings forth fruit in my life and it brings forth fruit in the lives of others. Because I'm ministering this word today, it's going to bring forth fruit in your life. You can't help it because you're mixing it with faith. And if you mix this word with faith and go and do it and involve yourself in good works, you can't help but grow and mature and have your faith completed. So, Good works are fruit-bearing, but good works also glorify God. Now, this really struck me. This is a Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what do they do when they see your good works? They glorify your Father who is in heaven. When you walk in good works, it brings glory to God. When you get out there and you put feet to your faith and you touch people, bless people, minister to people, that's good works. And they begin to bring forth fruit. That's good works. Now, people see that. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to say. Faith justifies you before God. When you put faith in Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous. Faith justifies you before God. Faith gets you into heaven. Good works justify you before people because they can't see God. So if you go out and you say, well, I'm a believer now, I'm a Christian, I go to church, they say, really? And they start watching your works. They start watching your lifestyle. They start watching the way that you live. And like it or not, you are the only Jesus some people are ever going to see. So when you say, I'm a Christian, and you go out and you begin to minister to people, give your time to people, sacrifice to bless others, live a life that glorifies God, it says, they see your good works, and that's how you let your light shine on this planet. Let your light so shine that those out there see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. They see it and they go, wow, he's real. He's real. He's real. How do you know he's real? Well, I don't have a relationship with him, but I'm looking at what he did with them. I know the way they used to live, and I know the way they live now. I know the way they used to, and I know the way they're walking now. And I see their good works, and I look up, and he must be real. So faith justifies me before God, but good works justify me before men. Everybody with me today? Well, it's kind of quiet. Oh, Pastor Jeff, you mean I got I to gotta walk my talk? Well, yeah. Matter of fact, preach what you practice. Well, I'm just going to move on with this word now. Good works are done through obedience to him. Done through obedience. Paul wrote about a guy named Archippus, Archippus. And he said, take heed, tell Archippus, take heed to the ministry you've received in the Lord that you fulfill it. See, he had a ministry he'd received from the Lord and that ministry was his purpose. It was his individual call. It was his course. And he says, see that you fulfill it. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. God called me to preach. I'm a single talent guy. I don't have multi-talents. He called me to use words, but woe unto me if I don't do it. 
Woe unto me if I don't teach. Woe to me if I don't preach. Woe to me if I don't reach. Because that's what his hand is on me to do. I must take heed that I fulfill the ministry he's given to me and called me to do with the ministry of angels. But you know what? You've got a call. You've got a purpose. And God wants you to be a blessing to other people. Good works are those works that are done in his name. Rather than made in China or made in America, a good work is carefully tagged by the Christian to read, made in heaven. A good work always lifts up Jesus. So whatever you do and wherever you do it, do it in the name of the Lord. Isn't that what it says? Let all that you do, no matter what you do, let it be done. How, everybody? In the name of the Lord. Because that's what makes a good work a good work. When they know why you did it. Thanks for listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. To get a copy of today's message, give us a call at 877-884-3111. Or you can pick it up at our website, hardwired.org. That's 877-884-3111 or the website, hardwired.org. While you're there at the website, you'll find today's message along with all the messages from Pastor Jeff. We know they've been an encouragement to you, so be sure to forward them on to a friend who you think needs to hear today's message or any of the messages there at the website. It might be the very thing they need to be encouraged as well. Again, the website is hardwired.org or call us at 877-884-3111. If you haven't been to the website lately, jump on over there and take a look at all we have for you. One last thing, Your partnership with this program through your generous giving is always needed and very appreciated. We know Hardwired is making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. Please take a minute to send your best gift through our website, hardwired.org, or by calling 877-884-3111. Thanks so much for your heart of generosity. We truly do appreciate it. Be sure to join us next time right here on Hardwired.